Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be, and welcome to the Super Travel Experience Podcast. This is episode number 44. I believe so. We're at the second part of the getting arrested in Luxor. Sorry if it's a little loud. I'm at the airport, uh, Dubai airport right now, heading home. And so where did we leave off on that story? Oh, yes. So I am back at the police station, the Luxor police station. And I'm getting ready to get my cell, my bed for the night, uh, if you would call it a bed. Uh, so we just finished up. Let me do a quick summary. So uh, I went through the airport. I went to the airport. Uh, metal detector found five daggers. Three of them ended up being ancient, old, thousands of years uh, that I had no idea. I got it from got them from Lebanon. Uh, big long process at the airport then i got transferred to the police station from the police station transferred to the court where i got a lawyer and um met the judge aka the prosecutor and from there the case was eventually settled he had to wait for lots of phone calls and um connection connecting with his superiors in cairo to get the go-ahead to uh let me go and i was free he said after that everything was good i'm not going to to jail that i thought um but unbeknownst to me after that i head back to the police station and apparently the embassy has to call the police station for the police station to let me go and so i'm on the phone with the embassy michelle from the embassy uh, u.s embassy in egypt she is the person on duty and she she's telling me that i need to call during regular hours so they can confirm my identity i told them i'm not going to have a phone very much longer because they're going to take my phone so i get to the police station i send off quick couple messages before my phone is taken away um so the first time a couple days before they wanted to take my other day before they wanted to take my phone but i looked at mamu the the boss and I said, no, I was told to keep my phone by the prosecutor under no circumstances um, was I to give my phone away. And a little minor back and forth. And luckily, luckily, I got to keep it. And so this time, I wasn't going to fight or argue. I was going to be as good as a uh, inmate or person, you know, as I could. As um, And so... I made the split decision without arguing at all, um, under good cause, good faith, trust that, you know, everything would be okay. There was a lot of trust that went on, you know, trusting that everything was going to be okay with all the uncertainty, especially the language, Arabic language is uh, intense. I have no idea a lot of times what people are saying. I know a few words, but that's about it. And so I... I'm at the police station about five minutes from the courthouse and I turn in my phone. The lawyer isn't there. He's gone. He only works with the judge, part, prosecutor, uh, part of the case. And so I turn in my phone. I have to wait in, in the cell until the embassy calls and clears everything up. There's not, uh, tons of, of communication, tons of process that has to happen. I'm at this point, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm, I'm nervous. I don't want to give away my phone um luckily i have my tracker on there for friends loved ones whoever needs it 
so it's on my phone it's being tracked so that's a good thing and i'm thinking man will i get my phone back i'm not i'm not even sure at this point and and so uh i also have my bags with me uh, backpack and uh two backpacks basically and uh, uh, i'm with the translator and he's translating to me and them in arabic and english and i give my phone away and they lead me to the cell and um, I turn around, walk back a little bit, turn right to the cell. The cell is right overlooking uh, the entrance to the cor- to the police station. So it's basically the police station where they bring all the people that commit uh, any crimes or or anything. And, uh, some people are on drugs, you know, getting off drugs, acting crazy and stuff. But I, I turn to that cell. It's like a holding cell. It might have been used for women in the past. I'm not sure to keep them. And it, it's adjacent, actually really close to another holding cell that they bring everyone else in. And so I turn and they open the, the cage, the gate, the cell door. And uh, the French guy is in there and he's sitting there on... Um, a bench, a three-seated bench converted into a bed. It's an eight by ten cell. There's a big bright light near the top, a ceiling fan that doesn't work, and uh, old gate uh, type of door, black. And I make my home for hopefully the next day, maybe two at the most, but it shouldn't be more than, you know, very long at all. And so I, you know, throw my stuff on the ground and get ready to go to sleep and relax. And, you know, I say hello to the Frenchman. He sits up and says, how are you? Hello. You know, I'm, uh, I'm Pierre. I'll use Pierre. That's not his real name, but just uh, because his case, case uh, court case is still proceeding, I don't want to... Uh, I don't want to interfere, you know, whatsoever at all. So I'll call Pierre. Um, Pierre greets me in his thick French accent, and I, I greet him. And you know, I throw my stuff on the ground, not too far from his, uh, where he's sleeping. And he offers me a little, um, little blanket that I could put under my stuff as like a mat. So it was a hard ground and a mat. It's pretty dirty in there. I mean, it's not clean by very many much standards at all and so i lay down and go to sleep at this point i am exhausted i'm hoping the embassy is going to call anytime any minute and i'll be able to get the hell out of there that's my goal and so this is saturday night late saturday night early sunday morning and so I'm in there Sunday just waiting, sleeping as much as I can and waiting for the embassy call. And I wait all day, uh, you know, excited, you know, hopefully to get out there, get out and um, waiting and waiting and haven't heard nothing. And um, oh, uh, there's a tea guy and um, the Frenchman, uh, Pierre, he asks, uh, would you like some tea? And I said, yeah, sure. And, and Bari, Bari brings the tea. You had a nice... Uh, anise tea and that that became our daily routine as the days went on uh, as you probably know I wasn't there for just one day it turns out to be uh, quite a few more more than you know I'd like and so we talk get to know each other a little bit and he tells me about his life at the age of 14 he 
He worked, uh, started working in Paris. He used to wash dishes, peel potatoes and carrots at that time. Then he moved up and started working in clubs and eventually owned his own restaurant. And now, uh, then he worked for Club Med for 30 years. This is a, he's 70 years old, so he's uh, about 5'10", thin, uh, thin but not skinny, healthy looking, uh, facial hair, grayish, gray hair. Got a little beard, a little goatee going. Um, mostly gray with specks of black, sunglasses. Um, smart looking gentleman. And yeah, he started working for Club Med later on. He, that's where he retired from for 30 years. He took people on tours. You remember, I remember him telling me taking people on tours all through Mexico, driving them around, then Turkey, and you know, all sorts of places. He loves to travel. He's a well-traveled man and seemed really nice he told me about what's going on with with his case and i'm not going to talk about it but it's really a, a unfortunate what happened with his uh, complete accident and um yeah may, maybe i'll talk about it again one day after his stuff resolves but i don't want to you know mess around at all with it so i'm waiting sunday just getting bored it's kind of loud people are speaking arabic and i don't you know arabic's intense it's kind of a little stressful to hear Arabic all the time and doors slam because the cage slams because we're right by the 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 cell where they the holding cell the initial holding cell and people come into the courthouse and so I'm waiting and waiting and you know, I make some minor adjustments I still have my my jacket pants and pants on take off my shoes and I notice something in the corner something moving crawling on the ground and I look down and I look closer and there's cockroaches, cockroaches on the ground. I mean, not, not like big Madagascar hissing cockroaches. I lay down, they lay, you know, they they lift up their head and say hello, give me a high five, you know, that sort of thing. But these little kind of cute little cockroaches that you know just scurry off when almost like beetles. And he called them beetles. Pierre called the cockroaches beetles. I like the word cockroaches better. Just. You know rolls off the tongue quite nicely cock and roach right all right <laughs> so um i'm waiting sunday i'm like come on come on but the i'm not sure if the embassy's even open the official the stuff you know the official people that need to call i'm not even sure if they're there so monday rolls around you know the guy uh, the police that work there come by and i ask them they're really friendly incredibly friendly people that that are working there always talking to me shaking my hand you know just super incredibly friendly it's you know um not their fault that i'm there not their fault at all it's the process is you know it's the, the long process antiquated uh, process court system that needs to be changed in Egypt as well as in, in many parts of the world to make it faster and a lot of it is to everything's done uh, handwritten uh, they need more electronic stuff I think that would make uh, that system go by faster and so I'm, I'm kind of in a little bit of shock and disbelief that I'm sitting in a cell I thought I was free but no there's another extra step that I just learned about and so so I'm uh, I'm there like what's going on uh, uh, I'm, I'm not even sure if I leave there, if I'm allowed to leave, if, if the embassy calls. I don't even know at this point. I'm just really confused and shot, kind of in a dream, dreamy state. Uh, Sunday rolls around. I'm, 
I, I was exhausted Saturday night, so I slept fairly well. And Sunday night rolls around. It's getting a little bit harder to sleep. My, I'm on the hard surface. I have my two packs, one pack on my head, one pack at my feet. And they weren't searched, oddly enough, I, although I had to give my phone. And the prosecutor made uh, calls and um, made sure that I was treated very, very well, like royalty, like VIP, like, you know, very well and part of it is too the united states passports are very powerful they don't want to be causing any international incident whatsoever so you know that was a uh, really good to have you mentioned the word trump and people just like look up like kind of like a little afraid because it's how powerful the u.s is and so i'm i'm in the i'm in there laying down i there's Pierre's got a bunch of books laying about in French. Uh, I think there was one that was in half French, half English. I ended up reading, a, I think, the, either that day or the day after, called The Wishing Tree. Yeah, I wish I wasn't there. That's what the name of the book should have been. Uh, and so I'm, I'm wondering what's going on. I hope, I hope everyone, you know, I hope all my friends, family, loved ones that I contacted are contacting the embassy to try to do whatever they can to... Uh, assist with the and expedite the process apparently uh, that's that helped as well calling you know everyone that called thank you that called and uh, requested me uh, to you know everything to, to move a little faster and so Sunday's done um, no news Monday rolls around and I start to get a you know so I'm laying down most of this time, like 20 hours a day or 22 hours a day. It's so weird. Every time I stand up, oh, and also the bathroom. So there's a bathroom um, about, I don't know, 50 feet, not that far, short walk distance uh, from the cell. And so I just have to ask every time I want to go to the bathroom and then they'll open the cell. There's no bathroom in the cell. And so I go, you know, go to the bathroom and you know, I look at the toilet, glance over, there's no toilet paper, it's filthy, there's just a hose. Apparently they just washed the hose off their butt. Pierre was uh, describing, describing uh, how it worked, how you shit like this, like this, this is how you shit. And he's like, you know, splashing water on his butt from the hose and then, you know, just telling me exactly how you shit. And I thought that was, <laughs> that was pretty cool. I didn't try it, um, maybe one day, I'm a, I'm a little apprehensive to try it to sheet like that but i i'm maybe open to it um uh so yeah and so that was that the bathroom and okay so it's monday monday and uh did some calisthenics i started you know to think of a routine to get into a routine and to keep myself healthy and and fit and mentally sound because I'm, I'm still kind of mentally trying to grasp and wrap my head around everything. Um, and so I start doing some calisthenics. I do some wall sits. Very, very easy. Because I'm still kind of like recovering, stressed out. Just been up half the night. That first night I slept two hours. But it was a wonderful sleep. I felt really much better after I, I slept. I did some wall sits where you sit on the wall with your legs parallel to help help with the... Um, uh, leg strength, some bridges, some push-ups, some basic stuff I do for my cycling coach to help keep my uh, muscle mass and leg strength. All right, they're boarding. I think I got about 20 minutes, so I'll keep going. And um, so finally, there's news 
from the embassy and I have to get the okay from the chief, the boss, uh, to talk on the phone to the embassy. That takes a little bit of time. And finally, I get my phone and I'm able to call and make contacts, throw out a Facebook message real fast. You know, I'm in jail. You know, everyone, uh, something like that. Hopefully people, you know, will, um, in case anything happens, I like to, you know, put out my last you know, location as an emergency, not to uh, be an attention whore or to, you know, uh, cry wolf or anything, but just to make sure people know my location for safety. Because when you're in a jail like that where anything goes, money talks, bullshit walks, that sort of stuff, um, things happen, you know, that I've seen and, you know, that doesn't really normally happen and is pretty shady and pretty wild when you see it when you're there and uh, like rules are just bendable basically so i finally talk on the phone around 9 p.m or 3 p.m uh oh but a.m i had the a.m tea with bari bari a guy comes in uh puts the tea glass in the cell we have to hide the, the glass on the on the bottom close to the door so they don't you know the uh police guards don't see it um because i'm not sure we're supposed to have glass in there but they never really gave us a hard time at all anyway it's a nice wonderful delicious tea and we that was the am and then i had the phone uh call with the embassy i talked to the embassy and they were telling me uh uh that you know asking me if i was okay and that i need to book a plane ticket and so that was the next thing i had to book a plane ticket to get out of there so i had to search for flights as soon as i talked to the embassy and they were really nice and helpful and, and, and really uh, to the point. And that was around 3 p.m. And I send messages, a few messages to friends, family, loved ones. And um, I'm on the phone looking for flights, having friends, family, loved ones, everyone look for flights. I'm telling them, look, 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 because my phones are really slow. And so they're looking for flights too. And uh, there was one, one on Tuesday uh, from going to Italy. So, you know, we're, we're looking at that one. I have the translator, you know, looking to uh, one of the jail guards uh, officer. He uh, lets me use his hotspot. You know, I remember his hotspot's Warrior. It's named Warrior. I thought that was cool. And so we're looking, we're looking. They're really nice. And, uh, my translator's really nice. And the next day I have him go to all the airlines and find try to find any tickets but the only one we found was the italy one for now and then i think friday there was one to kuwait you know so this was a monday and i'm hopefully trying to get out of there as soon as i can i have to stay in the cell eight by ten cell with the frenchman for until i fly out then they have to escort me from the cell to the airport transfer me to the airport police and then i could fly that's how that 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 works and so um i'm a little frustrated because we we find that Italy flight, but it says unavailable, and the next one's Friday, so this is frustrating. I'm, you know, thinking, oh God, I gotta be here till Friday, another four days. This is like purgatory. Uh, you hear people screaming in the rear uh, jail cells that we're not too far away from. I guess uh, it sounds like hell, basically. Ah, and then they're uh, yelling stuff in, in Arabic. Uh, see, I wrote down what they're yelling, but. Uh, I don't know if I could find it right now. But anyways, um, apparently some of them are going through withdrawal from uh, drugs. That's uh, another uh, another thing. 
that, that why they were screaming it's crazy because you don't understand it it sounds really intense and so uh pm comes around and barry's coming around and we get two teas this time each tea is five egyptian pounds or about 33 cents with the uh, 15 egyptian pounds per dollar conversion rate so we get two this time and from here on out until i left we would get two two times a day except for one time he actually uh, he actually forgot so uh, yeah and we're still looking for uh, plane tickets and I still can't find any and we're frustrated and uh, so p.m. comes around and uh, nighttime comes around and I'm getting a little down basically it's a roller coaster of emotions ups and downs ups and downs and you know Tuesday comes around February 25th and I get visited by my translator who's coming to visit me one to two times a day most of the time once but every now and then twice and it's we're still trying to find tickets um oh oh 10 p.m monday february 24th had dinner with pierre he his wife comes and visits him every day around 11 or 12 and brings him food he's got all sorts of stuff we had a really nice dinner usually consisting of some sort of bread flatbread cheese uh some vegetable he loves cucumbers he loves bananas he's got a little bit too much food uh two different kinds of cheeses um and we have a nice dinner we set up the dinner in the middle of the room and he's really nice and you know it was really wonderful to share and have that and these experiences with him i will cherish uh, our daily uh, routine of tea and dinner and you know we had fun made a nice dinner and it was it was wonderful um and then tuesday february 25th comes around and I woke up really groggy. I didn't sleep well. You hear the, the sound of doors, gates slamming every night, the loud sound of Arabic. Um, I was a little down because I don't know when I was leaving. Maybe I'd have to le wait a few more days till Friday. I don't know. We're trying to find that flight from Italy, uh, Italy to Italy, but it's I need a direct flight from Luxor. I can't stop in Cairo. I can't stop in Herzgad. I think it was the other place. I, I have to take a direct out of Luxor. And Luxor is not a big hub, so it's a little bit, it's a very tricky. Most of the flights are on the weekend, and I just had the weekend pass. And um, as I walked to the bathroom for the morning bathroom, I uh, uh, stared into the sun briefly. I got a glimpse of the sun, and that was ended up being the highlight of my day that day. And I just stared and smiled and absorbed the sun for maybe 60 seconds or whatever it was before they called me back into the cell. And uh, oh, this was after I went to the bathroom, brushed my teeth. And that was the highlight. I was really tired, lethargic, had a headache. I was, you know, kind of backed up, constipated. And I ended up being constipated for like four days. Um, first, I, I told my stomach, you know, to hold it, hold it until I leave because I thought I was leaving. But then, you know, then it got longer and longer and I was going to have to go eventually. So, you know, I have this very uh, strict mind-body control. If I have to, you know, go to the bathroom, I could usually hold it for as long as necessary. And, you know, stress will do that as well. Uh, and 11 a.m. comes around. And um, my friend, the, the guy who works, uh, the guard, the jail guard, 
introduces me to uh, a woman that kind of acts like a man, he says. She's a woman, but acts like a man. And she, uh, he, he said, what do you want to eat? What do you want to eat? You know, give you anything, you know, uh, get you anything. So, uh, you want pizza? You want pizza? And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll take a pizza. And so I give her some money. I get, you know, she brings back a chicken pizza not that long after. And I was like, holy crap, this is amazing. I just had, had a chicken pizza. And it was delicious. I had half for uh, lunch, half for dinner. And, man, it was delicious. But I'm not sure how my gut was going to be at this time. And I believe this day was when I read that book, The Wishing Tree, either that day or Monday by William Faulkner if I'm not mistaken and that was uh, this is Tuesday February 25th and I felt like I needed to exercise that was part of it too My every time I stand up I, I get all wobbly legged you know um, and uh, nice officers talked to me for a while the translator came talked about plane tickets and a lady just sneezed right next to me, oh, but it's all good. Uh, had tea in the morning, the usual morning tea. I started doing my calisthenics again. You know, I did some jumping calisthenics, but not too much. Uh, finally booked a plane ticket that day and uh, had uh, the translator had to make copies of uh, all the, a bunch of five copies of the tickets and he had to take them to everyone the boss the police the you name it and also he had his cousin go to the store for me every day and uh, most of the time i just wanted chocolate and ch chips and snacks that's what, and and water water because you can't drink out of the faucet or the sink so big things of water and mostly a lot of chocolate some chips and cookies a couple oreos type of things chocolate cookies and uh yeah, I ended up booking the ticket for Friday. This is on a Tuesday. I had to go through Kuwait to Abu Dhabi to L.A. And so, um, yeah, I gave the translator money for uh, to make the copies and run all the errands and get all the snacks and stuff. And, you know, now, now I knew when I was leaving, which was good. Now I had some certainty. I had, you know, uh, I could make a plan. And what I started doing every day as well, I mean, what I was doing every day was doing three things i i uh, feel grateful for every day because remember a positive and negative emotion cannot exist simultaneously so the negative emotion of sorrow of fear fear is a big one of anger of anything cannot exist at the same time as a positive emotion like like uh, gratitude like happiness like love like like hope like curiosity and so i wrote down three things every day um I am thankful to keep the Frenchman company. That was number one for that day. Number two, I'm grateful for the plane tickets. Number three, I'm grateful for pizza. Hell, um, we had tea a couple times uh, that day, two times two, so four teas. Less sugar the second one because the first one had too much sugar. And so uh, the Bari is the little Egyptian guy with a turban wrapped around his head, dark skin, short guy. Um, wearing a traditional Egyptian clothing and I made my mantra which is I decided to read 10 times a day um, everything is going to be okay I will get through this I must get through this 
I can get through this. And this was the one I wrote actually for Pierre, the Frenchman, because at this point, he's uh, he's freaking out a little bit. He's been in here about 47 days. He's been in, you know, custody. And he's a little bit shaky right now at this point, and he's not doing so well. So I have him tell me three things he's grateful for each day while we're in there i have him read this i will get through this i must get through this i can get through this that's so that's what we start saying every single day and at first he says it um not very powerful but i tell him the power that's where it changes the subconscious the subconscious is what you want to change to get rid of those negative emotions that's the key that unlocks everything so you know i start to get in a daze feel weird it feels like i'm going crazy at at one point you know the bright lights on 24 hours a day they're screaming prisoners yelling in arabic so loud it's just it's just like weird i get kind of like am i gonna go crazy am i in hell am i in purgatory and then i start doing these positive things that i learn very basic stuff like the miracle morning book savers silence affirmations visualization exercise reading and scribing slash journaling those are the key things that that'll help change uh and change you for the better and help with success um so 5 p.m. comes around and uh, I borrow a, a little towel from Pierre and I wash my hair. He gives me a little bit of soap and I put my head in the sink and I wash my hair and that was the highlight for, for that day. I ended up washing my hair with soap and it felt so good to feel the cold water in my hair. And as I walked by to the bathroom, I noticed the sun shining uh, through the clouds and I you know, cherish that brief moment, those little things that really help make things, uh, you know, uh, made, made things a big difference. And uh, he, let's see, uh, I asked uh, to, to get an English magazine or book, but they never found any, my, my translator. And so um, the usual two teas a day, uh, four teas a day, two times a day, uh, 4 p.m. I exercise at this time. I do two sets of pull-ups. I, I hold on to the, the bars of the door of the cell. I do my wall sits, my planks, push-ups, and I'm feeling a little weak. I'm feeling a little weak and, you know, uh, not feeling 100%, but I do it anyway just to get the blood flowing. I mean, I'm stuck laying down horizontal for much of the day and it's a weird feeling and i don't like it <laughs> i'm used to running and cycling every single day at, you know this is like it's a a weird feeling not be able to do that it's a weird feeling not to be able to go anywhere it's a weird feeling to be captive it's a weird feeling not to be free i'm used to being free that's one of the big things why i travel is i like to be free freedom is amazing and let's see that was Tuesday we're on Wednesday let's go to Wednesday Tuesday night um, I usually sleep with a blindfold and earplugs earplugs but still uh, it's still you hear everything everything's so loud people are yelling it's the it's the center of the court uh, police uh, police place police station so Wednesday comes around and I have my daily routine now that I'm starting to get into exercise, tea, read, write, gratitude. Those are like the main things that I start doing. Visualize. Um, 
silence. I did a good meditation, you know, a good silence where I just close my eyes, do deep breathing. I've, I've been doing deep breathing meditation. This is what's helping me calm my nervous system because Pierre's freaking out. His mind is starting to get crazy. And at some points he would look at me and say, eh, my mind is bad. My mind is bad. And I could see him shaky a little bit. And Wednesday, February 26th, didn't sleep great. I got cold, so I woke up. I'm sleeping in my pants, jacket, shirt, shirts as a pillow, and my small bag behind my head, my big bag under my legs. Uh, usually have to adjust my hips, or you know, uh, get embedded into the hard ground and hurt. So I had to uh, move around for a really good position. And let's see. Uh, Pierre lets me use his jacket for a blanket. That's that night. Let's see what I did earlier. I had my gratitude. I'm grateful to sleep as much as I did. I am grateful for the tea. I'm grateful for the jacket and the blanket. That's what I wrote that night of February 26. And uh, it's so loud. I checked. Uh, oh, so this is kind of interesting. I checked a couple of $1 bills that um, the guards, the people at the police station showed me. One was a real $1 bill. One was uh, not real. It was kind of weird. And they, he asked me if it was real trying to check. And I, I said, I don't think so. And he's like, oh, it could be old. And I was like, ah, it just doesn't look real to me. And then I exercised that day three times, tens, three times three sets of 10 burpees uh first the warm-up was 100 jumping jacks and then the burpees uh, i was tired today uh the frenchman pierre is getting more anxiety each day because he stopped taking this anti-anxiety medication and i told him look i was like look man you you gotta just stay off this stuff in general and learn how to deal with it and you know i'm teaching him this a little bit of this stuff you know we're doing it all together all these gratitude that everything's gonna be okay i will get through this i must get through this i can get through this so we're doing this each day I draw um, I teach him my special meditation uh, most people have no idea about it it's pretty wild you could actually uh, go somewhere else in your meditation if you do it um, enough and intensely enough and focused enough I trained under a couple masters master Murshid in Long Beach and a Kundalini yoga master oh, I can't remember his name but I was uh, learned a lot about that and I had a, you know, a few mystical experiences meditating for hours on end. You essentially see bright lights. You go into other realms of existence, which uh, most listening probably wouldn't understand. And um, if you did ayahuasca or that type of thing, you would understand more. It's the same concept and scientific process uh, having to do with the pineal gland in the brain. And that is our link to the divine, to God, to whatever you want to call it. And that's how you can um, essentially be free in, in a sense. Uh, that's what the yogis talk about. That's what the Buddhist masters talk about. It's all, all similar, different ways to get there. You could be in a dark room for a week and you'll get there, maybe even less than that. And you'll, uh, you'll start uh, seeing bright lights it looks like a big headlight when you close your eyes but and you feel basically love what i have referred to as god when i had a mystical experience uh, like that and um so i teach him that i draw him the diagram of energy flowing up and down the spine or the chakras and oh didi's wife uh comes and um one hour late so she was worried 
and uh, I guess uh, she got held up a little bit at the gate coming in, so um, had she had to, uh, to uh, wait a little bit because they were having a meeting or, or something like that. I, I don't know, but she freaks out a lot. I, I mean, she's like, when, when I first started seeing her, she was really uh, animated and, okay, I gotta go, I gotta, okay, I gotta go. I'll continue this later. Thank you for listening and stand by.